welcome to Recast, presented by the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each episode will look at a key issue of mission or discipleship for church leaders in Scotland. We will be bringing you key voices, practical insights and unique stories, all focused on the church in Scotland. I am delighted to have Adam with me today. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Glenn. So happy to be here. Adam, I wonder if you could introduce yourself to us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm Adam. I always tell people when I meet them to pronounce it pop Dom without the pop because everyone thinks it's Adam or many other variations <laughs> other than Adam, to be fair. <laughs> so I'm uh, from Ghana slash Aberdeen, but I'm currently in Edinburgh at the moment, okay. and I um, I'm part of the IGM team here in Scotland, and so I head up our work with churches and communities. Brilliant. So for some people who maybe don't know anything about IGM or even what the mm-hmm. letters stand for, can you maybe <laughs> yeah. tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So IGM or actually International Justice Mission. Um, In a nutshell, basically, IGM is one of the largest anti-slavery organisations in the world, one of the largest international um, in the world. And what we basically do, our work is partnering with local authorities and community activists like you um, to bring people to safety from slavery and violence. And so when we talk about partnering with local authorities, what we do is we bring people to safety while walking alongside survivors on the journey of healing. And then we work to hold perpetrators um, of violence to account for their crimes. And what we're really hoping to seek is to bring systemic change across the world so that we're able to protect people from ever having to experience um, violence and abuse in the first place. And so that's that's really what we're seeing. And we're we're seeing it happening, um, and so it's just incredible to be able to 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 talk about the work of IGM. Brilliant, I, I mean, it's it's a great organisation, and mm-hmm. and um, just to help people understand uh, mm-hmm. the role, the the work that you do in Scotland is less mm-hmm. direct involved with yeah. uh, mm-hmm. human trafficking and and the like, but actually yeah. uh, awareness and church connections and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Is that right? Yeah, and. The thing is, we fully believe that the church is a part of that story in bringing about systemic change and, and raising awareness. And IGM is a team of Christian lawyers, social workers, private investigators, um, and like I said, social activists like the church. And we are seeing the church being the forefront of that change as we communicate God's heart for justice. And that's my role as being able to come alongside churches as we and really dive deep into God's heart for justice, but also see the incredible role in which the church can play into that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> One of the things that so I've always loved mm. about IGM is that it is an unashamedly Christian organisation. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, yeah. it is the world's leader, and it's this, that, and the other. It works with all sorts of different partners, but it is. Mm-hmm. 
it is an unashamedly Christian organisation. I think that yeah. the way you guys do what you do is is brilliant. But anyway, you're not here to have me talk about IGM. We're here <laughs> to have you uh, share something of the seminar that you so kindly did for us at mm -hmm. Canopy in the summer. Uh, yeah. And we're looking forward to that. So what are the maybe two or three key points uh, that you were talking about in mm -hmm. your seminar? Yeah, so I had um, been speaking about just hope in action and um, the million little miracles that we see. And so we were kind of unpacking IGM's definition of hope in 2020. I've been speaking to a colleague about just the incredible hope that we see. And in 2020, IGM's working definition was hope is our sustaining conviction about the good that is before us because of who God is. And so we were looking at Psalm 27 and kind of just breaking that down into three um, like statements, basically. And so okay. the main ones that I guess the, the two main that we were looking at was kind of um, who God, we were looking at three, who God is, uh, sustaining conviction and the good that is before us. Um, mm. And so they were the, the main kind of chunky bits. So when we were looking at who God is, we're able to see that from Psalm 27, we could see how God is fr right from the get-go. He's a light, a salvation, and a stronghold. And so we can hold on to that as we see the transformation that we've seen at IGM for now over 26 years, seeing that God goes before us. We have seen what he's done in the past, and so we know what he's going to do in the future. And then why why should we fear about what we're going to see God doing. So some of the things that we were talking about that give us hope is that we've seen over 86,000 people brought to safety. And so How that was, was that? Sorry, I didn't catch the number. The overall of over 86,000 people. 86,000, wow. Which is it's just incredible. That is just 86,000 stories, over 86,000 stories of hope and yeah. of miracles. And so, yeah, that was what we were um, unpacking. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Mm -hmm. and so, so that's, carry on. oh no so then I was just the different things we also shared different stories within what does it mean to have a sustaining conviction and then what does it mean to see the good that is going before mm -hmm. us so yeah, that that's brilliant I mean can mm -hmm. you talk a bit about that sustaining conviction piece because yeah. one that's a really punchy little line that I, yeah. I, I like the way it sounds but mm -hmm. also I think that in a in a in an environment where we can feel like we we can't do anything, right? It's such mm -hmm. a huge problem. Yeah, uh, you know whether it, it, it's about the garment industry or it's about mm -hmm. uh, sex trafficking or it's it's whatever. It it feels much bigger than anything I can influence here. So how mm -hmm. do you keep going? Which I assume is what you're talking about with sustaining yeah. conviction. But mm -hmm. so so share a bit about what you talked about with that. Yeah. So we kind of spoke around. Okay, then. What does that mean? We know that conviction is a strong belief and sustaining is something that's persistent. It's like having a persistent hope. So when we talk about hope being our sustaining conviction, it's that we have a strong belief that no matter what comes our way, we will always hope because we have seen God go before us. And so, you know, the psalmist says that I will fear no one. I'll never be afraid. In other translations, it says, whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? And we see this confidence just completely continue because of the previous acts that we've seen. And, yeah. you know, at IGM, we partner 
to see just this incredible hope and we know that we can't do it alone and the thing that keeps us going I think is that we're able to celebrate that hope and celebrate the miracles that we've seen and so I kind of spoke a little bit about the different ways in which we have seen just our stories of persistent hope in some of the areas that we've worked in to partner um, with local authorities and partner um, yeah with different supporters and so I can share a little bit about um, yeah, please do. what we've seen in the Philippines. And so, okay. so like you had um, kind of touched on there, we see um, like sex trafficking and d- different forms of trafficking that we see. We see that and saw that in the Philippines. And we saw that many um, children were being trafficked into sex work. And so we had launched a project with um, the Gates Foundation which had funded five years of work. And so IJM partnered with the local authorities there. And then so then our team in Cebu started to work with local authorities to rescue, um, to bring people to, to safety and to carry out rescue operations um, and restore survivors of trafficking, but also holding perpetrators to account. And so the goal had been that we would see a 20% reduction but then an external um, evaluator found that the prevalence of children that were being exploited in bars and brothels had actually reduced by 72%, which is just incredible. So then it's amazing. You that, yeah, you see that and you're like, okay, we are seeing God working, we're seeing hope in action through partnerships. And then we're seeing that criminals know that this crime will not be tolerated. So then we launched similar projects in other cities in Manila and then Pambanga, and then in Manila, there was a documented 75% reduction, and in Pambanga, there was an 86% reduction. And so then we saw that just in community after community, in partnership, and we had teams praying and churches praying that we just saw an incredible, just incredible transformation. And so, yes, we, we know that it's, like you said, it can be big, and that the road of justice is often long and can be slow but together we're able to see that it's actually never without hope and Mm. because we're able to see what God has done in the past we're able to also see the things that we're seeing today where we're seeing families brought out of forced labor in South Asia and brick kilns or children who are brought to safety from um, being trafficked into the fishing industry in Ghana or another story like Ruby's in the Philippines he was forced into online sexual exploitation and she prayed that god if you're real get me out of here and was brought to safety the very next day so we're oh, you know we're there's just hope that we are a part of praying into that we are a part of um advocating awareness for we are a part of um yeah just coming together in our in our churches to believe that we can see this happen um so yeah so incredible uh stories of hope there Absolutely brilliant. And I, mm-hmm. I wonder, some people might not be so familiar with the work. So yeah. you talked about the project and, and you can mm-hmm. touch quickly on some of the, yeah. the ways that work. But I, I think mm-hmm. this is really helpful for anyone who's wondering about IJM is that, yeah. that you guys work at multiple levels, right? So mm-hmm. you're working yeah. to see people like in terms of the investigation piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, you work yeah. with local authorities to change yeah. the local culture but you're also mm-hmm. working with the the legal profession to make sure that people are prosecuted and mm-hmm. is that right and I've probably missed yeah. some bits out there no, too. No, no. yeah that's exactly it. and then we have aftercare teams that 
that work alongside survivors along that too. But then we also have a lot of survivors who then go on to create awareness into what they have themselves been trafficked into working with governments um, and churches as well to continue to just spread that awareness. And so it's a a, a really big global team yeah. <laughs> all working together to be able to yeah. enact this transformation and enact this change. But it's all done working with local people, right? So you're all not them, you're not just yeah. piloting in a mm-hmm. whole bunch of yes, for example, yeah, exactly. American lawyers coming into the Philippines <laughs> to solve the problem. It, no, it's working exactly. with local people, right? Yeah, and that's like, you know, I may maybe biased, but like I heard about IGM when I was first in church. And what I was really just found incredible was that okay, you're working alongside local organizations, local lawyers, local police forces, local churches. All of that is local. So it's not like you say, it's not like we're coming in and then we're just we're kind of dipping. But actually yeah. you're seeing systemic change because it's almost like a it's a good thing when a project stops because it means that justice system has been strengthened itself. And yeah. that city or that country has then been able to be equipped to then um enforce the laws and, and protect and then continue almost this like chain reaction um yeah. of change. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Sorry. So I interrupted you in the middle That's of the right. three points. We got as far as sustaining <laughs> conviction. Yeah. And so there's the third one was the hope before us, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Is that the yeah, third yeah. One? So, hope, yeah. Hope in the God. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'll when let you we're talking, <laughs> no problem. So when we're then talking about almost like that last point of the good that goes before us, it's kind of, yeah. you know, we've got the joy and the privilege of hindsight when we look at the bible and that we're able to see the old testament and the new testament together so we're able to see fulfillment and so when we consider hope we can look in all of the psalms and to be fair you'd be able to be satisfied with just all of the hope and and what we've seen but we're able to jump ahead and see the ultimate fulfillment of god's promises through the incarnation death and resurrection of jesus like we we see that so when we're talking about that, that's that's what we're seeing there. Yeah. And so then we know that Jesus took ultimate, he was the ultimate example of hope and action. Each step was a step of justice. He was radical. And then in his final steps, he lay his lay, he lay his life down for us on the cross, putting victory front and center. And so we know that we're made in the image of God. And so as his followers, we're looking to to enact that same good. And we almost can't help but care about the world around us because we are seeing injustices made against the image of God, really. And so I sometimes we know that hope can seem fragile within that, but we know that actually today it's not fragile at all. It's only stronger. And we see that because of the continual stories of freedom that we're seeing, the church being the forefront and really heralding justice and being able to see that if we are made in the image of God, a God who says his throne will be built on um, righteousness and justice, then we then know that that call is on us as well. And so then as we look more at knowing that hope isn't fragile, we're then able to see more stories and have hope in even more stories of people who are brought to, to freedom, like Pachyam and her husband who were um, forced into 
years of work in a quarry in South Asia, and this is another form of forced labor that we see in South Asia, they were forced to work for hours a day and they were there with many other families. And basically how that works is that they think that they're taken out alone, but they'll just never be able to be freed from that loan. So it's just continual work and a real impact from actually met in the quarry and then got married and Arul had tried to escape when his grandmother has pa- had passed away but the quarry owner found him he was badly beaten and then it just felt like this constant abuse fear of constant abuse but then IGM in partnership with local government were able to investigate that quarry and then patch him Arul and 10 other families were brought to safety wow. and so when we talk about that, we see what an incredible story of hope. But actually, the cycle just keeps on continuing because Pachiamo and Unreal, they then went on this aftercare journey and they received support from IGM. But then they continue to share their story. And today, they've become leaders of the Release Bonded Labours Association, which is a survivor-led mm-hmm. advocacy network um, who work to find victims of bonded labour and then get support um, from the government to free them and they've been able to um, directly lead rescue operations that have freed over hundreds of people in bond labour. Pacham was part of the Global Survivor Network, which um, I'd quickly mentioned about Ruby um, in the Philippines. She's also a member of that Survivor Network, where they help influence and speak directly into policies and protect others from violence. And I don't know, I just see that and you're like, that's incredible. It's miracles leading to more miracles. It's more hope. And so we see all that good before us. And so when we were chatting about that, I kind of threw out questions to the room. And then I just said, well, what would it look like for us as Christians and the church to lead in hope in the fight Mm. against slavery and violence? What is it that we can do? We hear those stories. How can we play a part in that journey? Because, you know, God is real and God is good. And we see that we're seeing miracles. Yeah. And the funny thing is God wants us, as chaotic as we are, to partner with him in that journey. And mm. so we keep on praying and we know that God is going before us. And then we know, okay, it's not something that's just a theory. It's something that is real. It's something that we are seeing happening. And yeah, I just think we... It, it makes you be like, well, okay, like you said there, what, what can we do to be a part of it? How can we learn more, especially if you're hearing about modern day slavery events for the first time, not realizing the way that it kind of lingers in our everyday lives? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's funny. I wish people could see you because you're coming alive as you talk. About yeah, that. it's so good. It's so good, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it is amazing. But I, I mean, I mm-hmm. guess for a lot of folks listening, yeah. there is the question: Then, well, okay, what, what, you... what do I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how yeah. do we get involved here? Mm-hmm. So, I, I wonder. Like, I, I guess it strikes me there's probably two things here. There's one. Yeah. Uh, most of our listeners are church leaders. So there's a question yeah. of what would it look like for our church to get involved mm-hmm. with something? Yeah. And then there's always that question as individuals, like what 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 could mm-hmm. I do or how can I get yeah. involved? So I wonder yeah. if you could maybe could you could you give us some pointers? And listen, I expect you to say get in touch with IGM here. So I'm sitting <laughs> exactly. on a tee for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, just as Glenn said there, um as churches. I genuinely would love, please do get in contact with IGM. Like I 
love being able to have conversations with church leaders who are passionate about justice and passionate to see people brought to safety from slavery and violence and they want and they want to have more conversations about what can we do as a church is it that um I come along and spend some time with the church and speak with church or is it that there's different events that the church could do which comes alongside this journey of justice and being part of this justice movement so one would definitely please do get in contact with IGM if you're like we'd love to be able to highlight it on a mission Sunday or we're doing a missions month or something like that we also do have um, a program called um, freedom Sunday so this is where a church would take a Sunday and talk about the work of IGM whether that is led by someone that's really passionate um, about this kind of area of the work or that you'd like one of us to come along one of the IGM team to come along and speak with the church and we also have different campaigns in which we love to partner with the church as we come along so often that is our Christmas campaign but that can also be we have different pray for justice events so there's a lot that churches can do there's actually a page on our website where if you go to the IGM UK page you'll see different ways to get involved and there's an entire page for churches and so really, you can get a link to that in the show notes yeah. so we'll, yeah. we'll sort that mm-hmm. out yeah so I can send that across and so please do because we'd love to be able to partner with churches in in prayer and partner so that we're able to see just a move of justice across churches um in Scotland I think I don't know I think it'd be incredible to be to hear that Scotland is the forefront of churches just just communicating and just praising God for the the justice in which he's enacting um yeah so that's churches so the, the churches side of stuff um, when it's individuals, and, and we can do this with churches as well, we are able to sign up for prayer updates because we fully believe in the power of prayer um, in IGM, so much so that we pray for an hour every day, the IGM, which I used to work in a church, and I remember being like, what? <laughs> We're doing what now? I, okay, very impressive. So <laughs> we pray for half an hour um a day that's that's is time with you and god and then half an hour as a team and so that's every day coming to god a posture of prayer being like we can't do this ourselves but equally we want just a movement of prayer partners praying into the work that we're doing and so i'd love if people would um would consider being a prayer partner and again i can send the link for prayer partners there's so many different ways in which people can can pray with us um igm and and so within that, some within that, we also have um, people often are like, okay, I may not be able to come to some events. However, I feel would feel prayerfully led to be a freedom partner, which is financially partnering with us as we continue and prepare for rescue operations and and um, social workers and aftercare and and all that it takes to be able to continue to do the work that I do that we do. So that is um, another aspect of individuals and and what we can do but really there's also just the fact of just the gift of who you are so people far more talented and far more creative than I am come up with these incredible ideas to just raise awareness for IGM or raise funds and become a champion and so we have um, champions training that's available for that too so there's these options for individuals and these options for churches but I can have all of that available um yeah if anyone would be interested yep brilliant 
Brilliant. I, I, do you know, I, I, if I put on my local church pastor hat for a minute, mm. I, IGM have been a, a blessing to us for many, many yeah. years. And particularly, I think, mm. some of the stuff you've done with youth in the last little yeah. while has been really yeah. significant because mm-hmm. um, if, if you're listening to this and don't know much about this, I can promise mm. you the people who do know about it in your church are your young people, right? They yeah. already know that that there's a problem with sex trafficking yes. and bonded labor and on and on. But the, mm-hmm. the gift of being able to say the church cares about this and this is how mm-hmm. we care about this has been a really significant step in our youth work here. So mm-hmm. that, that's been a real blessing to us. So uh, mm-hmm. thank you for that. Uh, and I would hugely encourage anybody to get involved, mm-hmm. to have you come along and, and do all that. We've, we've, we've been blessed by, by you all many times. So that's been great. I would like to add a recommendation, which is that if people haven't thought about this much or haven't heard about IGM, the, the guy that founded it, the guy called Gary Haugen, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah, it? It is, uh, yeah. He, yeah, he's got uh, incredible right? And he his his first book, actually, I think mm-hmm. it's called Good News About Injustice. Yes. Uh, which yes, tells incredible. the story of why he founded mm-hmm. IGM and and uh, the his journey through Rwanda and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff is absolutely yeah. inspiring and uh, uh, for me anyway it was a brilliant entryway to all yeah. this stuff so i would highly mm-hmm. recommend that folks give that a read mm-hmm. it's been out for years so for the cheapskates among you you can probably <laughs> pick it up secondhand on ebay somewhere so uh, <laughs> it's an incredibly it's, powerful book yeah it's a really good book uh so that's brilliant Adam, thank you so much is there anything else you'd want to say that you've not had the chance to or no, no, thank I just want to say thank you. Just, it's such a privilege to be able to speak with church leaders and have been at Canopy and have the opportunity. And as well, just as mentioned there about young people, have some great conversations with young people who then went on to have an IJM. Thank you.